You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hogan. Brian, the Yankees have been quiet, not just in moves, but even in terms of the rumor mill. Um, just broadly, is there, is there anything shaking with this club? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're engaged with the trade market, but I feel like they have been telling teams that they do not want to part with their top prospects, and that's kind of been a roadblock here. I mean, look, they have the stuff. If they really wanted to go out and push for a Cole Hamels and, and they were willing to dangle Luis Severino, Aaron Judge, uh, Greg Bird, Jorge Mateo, these, these, those are the top four names you keep hearing. I, I think they could definitely engage the Phillies and, and probably be the best uh, offer on the table. But as of thus far, Brian Cashman has been pretty steadfast. He does not want to do that. Uh, they feel like that talent is close enough to the big league level that it could be helping them this year, maybe next year. But, I mean, there is a chance you're going to see Luis Severino out of the rotation or the bullpen in the next few weeks. So uh, I think that's something that the Yankees are weighing. Um, Cashman has said it's not that easy to add payroll, regardless of what people may think. Um, they Remember, they do have to pay a luxury tax penalty on anything they do add. So, you know, while, while it's easy on paper to say, oh, the Yankees should go get Cole Hamels or maybe David Price, um, there is other things at play here. So maybe it's more likely to get Price, a guy who can slot in at the top of the rotation. I think they've been in holding pattern, waiting to see what the Tigers would do. Uh, reports now are that the Tigers are willing to cash it in and, and try to retool a little bit. So we'll see where that goes. But I feel like uh, everybody's been in a little bit of a holding pattern, waiting for that to happen. One of the names they were mentioned with, uh, was Cueto before he was moved. Were they ever a serious player for him, or did that not really ever gain any traction? Yeah, it, it, as far as I can tell, it didn't really gain much traction. I think they were engaged. Uh, you know, obviously when a player like Johnny Cueto is out on the open market, you, you want to touch base and see where it's going to go. But uh, as I said, since the Yankees are deciding to hold on to those top prospects, I, I think that has been a stumbling point for a lot of teams with negotiations in the Yankees. So they're out there, they're engaged, they're looking for things that can upgrade. But Cashman has also said if they do wind up standing pat or going with what they have, he does feel comfortable with that at this time. So uh, whether that's just talk or if that really is how they feel, I mean, look, the team put up 21 runs last night. Uh, the starting pitching, could they use another starter? Sure. Could they shore up the bullpen and really make that a lockdown? Uh, strength of the team and, and kind of replicate what the Royals did last year, they could do that. Um, but I think that they're in first place. Uh, they're probably a playoff team the way they're constructed right now, and so they should be okay even if they aren't able to do something before July 31st. To go back to Hamels, it's, it's an interesting question. He, he's an interesting guy to me because he gets mentioned with number one guys, but I think if you're, if you're being honest, and, and particularly if you take away – the postseason resume, which is excellent and which is real. It happened. It's not like it never happened. But I think a fair and reasonable assessment of Cole Hamels is that he isn't a one. He's not David Price, Felix Hernandez, Clayton Kershaw. Um, he's, he's clearly a step down from those guys. He's a really good pitcher. He's a high-end two. He could certainly start game one for a lot of teams in the playoff series. But my point in, in, in this is if he were a one, if we were talking about a guy – who was a clear number one starter, number one in the playoff series for anybody, one of those guys, Scherzer, one of that type of pitcher, would they be more willing to part with the guys they're not willing to part with? In other words, is part of why those guys are untouchable in these deals because Cole Hamels is really good, but he's not a franchise-changing kind of player. 
I, I think there's truth to that. But uh, look, the Yankees see that Aaron Judge could be their starting opening day right fielder next year. They think that Severino could help them this year. Uh, Greg Bird is on the rise. They know that at some point Mark Teixeira is probably not going to be playing first base anymore for them. Uh, I think there's probably truth to that, that if you were looking at the greatest pitcher in the history of the world, uh, <laughs> yeah, they would be a little bit more touchable. But, look, Hamill's a pretty good pitcher. I think the guys like Price are, are out there, and, and that's very tempting. Uh, you need to have – that ace-type starting pitcher. I think that that's why the Yankees could go get a guy uh, the second tier without parting uh, with their top talents. They could go get Mike Leake from the Reds, for example. Uh, I think that's a guy that they easily could get. Maybe you need to part with Gary Sanchez or Rob Refsnyder or somebody like that. Um, I, I don't sense that that is a huge upgrade over having Masahiro Tanaka, Michael Pineda, and you know, they, they're going to probably give the ball to CeCe Sabathia. He'd probably be their number four starter in a playoff series. You've got Nate Evaldi. You've got Ivan Nova. Uh, those, there are some question marks there, but I, I don't sense that Leak would be your clear number one, for example, over Tanaka and Pineda. And so I think if you're not going to get a guy who can take the ball in game one or game two, then I'm not sure it's really worth making the trade. So maybe that's the better question. If David Price is really available, do those untouchables become a little more touchable? Uh, to me, they do. Uh, the question is, does Brian Cashman feel that way for a rental player? And is, is this the kind of guy that you're just going to get for two or three months, or are you going to lock him up long term? So I think that's all part of it. Um, I think you're looking at a developing situation here. As, a, you know, as of yesterday, you didn't even know if this was going to happen. Now it's looking like the tea leaves are saying it, it will happen. Uh, so I think that every, any, a lot can happen between now and 4 p.m. on Friday, and I I would not be shocked to see the Yankees very heavily in that. So putting all of that aside, which, if we're being honest, in the end probably doesn't happen just because really big deals are hard to make work and, and they don't want to part with those guys, what do they do? What, what are the upgrades over the next uh, 47 and a half hours as we talk? Uh, what is out there that this team would like to add that would make them better? You know, it's funny. I feel like two weeks ago I – Rush Stephen Drew. I said he absolutely cannot be the starting second baseman anymore. They've seen enough. Uh, they called up Ref Snyder. I'm sure they were listening to this podcast and heard what I said and, and called up Ref Snyder. They gave him four games. He, he played all right. And now they're back at Stephen Drew and, and Brendan Ryan, and uh, they're getting production out of that spot. So I, I think that you could look at this as a playoff team, and they could survive with, with Stephen Drew hitting below 200 as long as he keeps hitting for power. Uh, I think they would like to upgrade there. They know it's below league average at the position. They're, but second base is kind of a thin market. You, you saw what Ben Zobris went to Kansas City, and he's off the board. Could they probably deal with the Marlins and, and take on some money and get Martin Crotto back? Uh, that might be a, a, a move worth looking into depending on the cost. But as I said, they're, they're certainly not going to give up any of those top echelon prospects for – Martin Prado, a guy that they had last year and, and then traded away. So uh, would he make them marginally better, incrementally better? Yeah, I think he would. I, I think there's probably names out there that you could get, but uh, you're not going to go get a Robinson Cano, for example, uh, just to name the guy. Uh, you're not going to be able to put that talent a player at second base. So if you have to sink or swim with Stephen Drew, I mean, at least he's playing good defense. Uh, maybe you hope the bat has come around. So I think that they would do that. I think they would upgrade the pitching if, if they can, whether it's in the, the rotation or in the bullpen. I mean, if they've apparently turned down a deal with Jorge Mateo and for Craig Kimbrell with the Padres. But, I mean, you could fantasize a little bit about having a bullpen with Kimbrell, Patances, and Andrew Miller. Uh, I mean, 
I think that pretty much replicates what Kansas City was doing last year. So I, I think that that's one avenue where they probably could go economically. Um, maybe you don't wind up getting a Kimbrel, but you can get another arm for the back of that bullpen. I'm, I'm disappointed the degree to which you're, you're discounting Brendan Ryan's importance to the, the salvage, salvaging of the second base situation. Um, <laughs> is, uh, is, is the fact that Didi Gregorius is coming around, he's not lighting up the world, but he's getting to where his season line is pretty adequate for a good defensive shortstop. Does that in any way kind of reduce the pressure on Drew? The point being, if, if you're only looking at one spot that's really underperforming, is that a little easier to swallow than looking at your entire middle infield and saying something's got to get better here and we're committed to Gregorius? Of course, yeah. You, you can live with that. If you've got one guy who's below average, you can live with that. But I think this is not the D.D. Gregorius we saw in April and May. I, he's had a three-hit game, a four-hit game, and that's this week alone. He's driving in runs. He's He's playing good ball, and, and I don't expect him to get three or four hits every night, but you're seeing steps of progress here. They knew that this was going to be a player that they were going to watch develop before their eyes, uh, similar to Evaldi, and you're starting to see progress there. I don't hear anybody complaining about uh, Gregory's defense anymore. He doesn't look as tentative or hesitant as he did in the field back in April. Uh, just a guy who seems to have been getting comfortable here, and, and maybe there's a lot to coming to New York and following Derek Jeter and putting on the pinstripes on opening day in April and trying to do too much. And maybe now he's found kind of a happy medium where he can just play like Didi Gregorius, which is all the Yankees wanted all along. One name you didn't mention uh, that, that we talked about during the week uh, that I have to ask about because for a lot of reasons it would be headline gold and a ton of fun. Is there any way at all that Jose Reyes could be the second baseman for the New York Yankees? How about that? Yeah, I mean <laughs> – um, yeah, that would be a great headline. I don't see it as a fit. I think that the Yankees are committed there to Gregorius is short, first of all. But then, look, the Mets did put Jose Reyes to second base once upon a time to try and create playing time for Kaz Matsui, which I don't think any of us still understand to this day. Um, I think the cost is what is going to hurt that situation there. Remember, the Yankees would have to pay a tax on top of anything that they're adding here. Uh, so really, twenty million becomes a lot more than that. Um, and I just don't see it as an in-season acquisition. I, I I don't expect that Reyes is going to stay in Colorado very long, but uh, I don't see Yankee Stadium as the next destination for him. All right. Well, Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks everybody for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.